Here we go. Rejecting the screen. Noah Kozlov out here on the East Coast. Also out East. Adam mm-hmm. go. Coming up on Thursday, the Going ISO edition. All sorts of stories with Danny Shays, the son of the great Hall of Famer, the late Dolph Shays. Danny's got A-plus stories. That's coming out on Thursday, so make sure you subscribe to Rejecting the Screen wherever you get your podcasts. Let's start with the asterisks. So coming into the bubble, that was a big question. Would there be an asterisk on this NBA championship? I thought yes, because of the circumstances. Nothing negative, just yes, because it's so different. Now, Adam, LeBron's (laughs) in the finals. Do we have an asterisk? Well, it's like you and I talked about before this whole thing, Noah. We brought it up. I said, everyone's going to get an asterisk for their NBA championship this season, their Larry O'Brien trophy, except for LeBron James. He's the only one. Because all the talk, which I've now already heard about, hey, it's his 10th finals. It's now the third different team that he's brought to the NBA finals. It'll be his third team that wins an NBA championship, third different franchise to win an NBA championship, fourth ring overall. Uh, and by the way, MJ could never win one in the bubble will be the, the other thing that's, that's brought up. Look at that on his resume, the fact that he braved the elements and in the midst of COVID, LeBron James wins a title. And and no, it, it's interesting. You and I have discussed this idea of the asterisk all the way through. I mean, all these records that we saw go down, all these playoff records, the scoring stuff with Donovan Mitchell and Jamal Murray. But I think LeBron James has been the singular one in which he's been treated differently. And and it sort of goes on to a whole LeBron discussion. But I just think it, we knew this going in. If LeBron wins this thing, then that all goes away for people but let's say Jimmy Butler wins it. It's it's going to be the talk of, yeah, Jimmy Butler won, but he did it in the bubble. See, I think it's if Jim I think Jimmy Butler has done the complete 180 on the reputation. And even Well, that's true. I, mean, I, yeah. I mean, I couldn't believe that Rachel Nichols brought up on the podium last night during the trophy presentation. Well, we're not gonna even talk about Minnesota given what <laughs> Her role in what happened in Minnesota, being there for the interview and et cetera. But LeBron's a different story. LeBron is, and the bubble is different because of these circumstances. So we had an off season, a full off season with extenuating circumstances where guys weren't going through their normal off season. And then all of a sudden we have these eight games and the playoffs so that's what I've always it's always I've always thought that this is just a complete completely separate entity to begin with. This wasn't a continuation. I saw the the guy Ben something or other who co-hosts Jameer Nelson's podcast with him and and he okay. we put on Twitter and I know I need to get off. He put on Twitter, I told you the Heat were going to win the title back it was December 28th and there was a video of him. That that was a lifetime ago. Like this is this is Something different. If you had told me before the bubble that the Heat were going to win the title, that would be a completely different story. Then that then that would be something impressive. Now, you did say going into the bubble that the Heat would be the disruptor in the Eastern Conference. You still took the Bucks, 
but you said that the heat would be the, the disruptor because of all the reasons why we're talking about it today of a culture, leadership, and everything that comes with that. When it comes to LeBron, he's played in 254 playoff games. So I started to think, not just where it is all time, because that's easy, you can look that up. He's played more playoff games than total games played, total games played, for 25 players taken in the 2003 NBA draft. So he was drafted in 2003, and there's always going to be a group of guys who never make the league. But he has played more playoff games than 25 guys in that draft have played total games. And some didn't, didn't play at all. We know the 10th finals as the best player. Russell did it. Sam Jones, not the best player. Kareem did it. 10 finals as the best player. Now, here's what's interesting. And what we'd like to do here on Rejecting the Screen, Adam and I like to try to get out ahead of the conversations. And we're going to get into one of those later on that Woj had on on his podcast with David Fisdale today. Derek Fisher is the all-time leader in playoff games played, 259. LeBron has 254. So we haven't seen it yet, but we will. If you say Lakers in six, then LeBron wins the title, wins his fourth championship, and wins it while becoming the all-time leader in playoff games played. It's pretty incredible. The one that's frustrating me right now about the LeBron talk is this idea somehow that we are losing an appreciation of, of we've lost over the last decade, I want to say, maybe 15 years. We've lost the appreciation to, to just enjoy the moment of these guys and, and enjoy the greatness of him. What LeBron James is doing at his age is truly spectacular and it's incredible and we should cherish it because guess what? It is going to be gone. I know that you talk about all the time, father time does just doesn't impact LeBron James, but eventually LeBron James will be out of this league. And it may be after Bronny is in the league, we don't know. But at some point, LeBron James is going to be out of this league and we need to appreciate what he is doing now. And so, so many statistical abnormalities I mean, the guy could end up being the all-time leading scorer if he wants to. He put up double-digit assists at this point in his life, which is just unheard of to think about what, what he's able to do, leading the league in assists. It's almost like if he sets his mind to something, he can accomplish it. And following a guy that that I first interviewed going into his junior year, the ABCD camp, everybody talks about when he played against Lenny Cook. I was on the mm-hmm. sidelines watching that game, hit the famous shot. Seeing him then and talking to him at that point in, in, in his life to see where he is now. And I remember coming out of that camp, Dan Patrick was like, in 10 years, this guy's going to be the best athlete in the world. Hmm. I, I just, I, I feel like it's amazing because he had these crazy expectations. He surpassed them and all that stuff. And yet you can't even have a conversation like that with someone in person or on Twitter without Michael Jordan's name being brought up. <laughs> and, and that part drives me insane because I don't feel like 
we ever had to have that conversation when Jordan was coming through. I don't think we ever had to have that conversation when Larry Bird was coming through, when Magic was coming through. Uh, you know, all the greats, even Shaq and Kobe. Like, I don't, I don't, I mean, obviously there was Kobe, Jordan comparisons, but it was still never this idea of like, well, who is the GOAT? Or, hey, if LeBron wins his fourth for his third different franchise, then at this point you at least have to make an argument that LeBron, I'm like, why do we have to do this? That's the one that that drives me insane. I think we can appreciate what's going on. And the other one that's gotten me just nuts right now is somehow the other narrative that keeps getting brought up, and that's because LeBron mentions narratives, is this idea that the Lakers didn't make the playoffs last year because they didn't have LeBron. And now this year they have LeBron (laughs) and they are going to win a championship. I mean, that one drives me crazy. Like Anthony Davis doesn't exist somehow in this world. And by the way, it's taking the other part that I keep hearing is how this Lakers team outside of AD and LeBron is so terrible. And while you can make that case at times if you watch in spurts or what have you, but the size on this, this has to be one of the biggest teams we've ever seen in the league. The fact that they trot out. Dwight Howard, who is still healthy and playing at a, at a relatively high level. They trot out JaVale McGee. They trot out Morris. This team is huge. Plus, they have Rajon Rondo on this team. Yes, they didn't have Avery Bradley to come back. But the other big one that I'll say to you, Noah, the last time, trivia question, the last time that a team won the NBA championship without facing a one or a two seed was the Lakers oh, no. in 2010. So it's just fascinating that, again, even this championship, which we already – we, we start the conversation by talking asterisk. Not only are the Lakers potentially going to win a championship, which happened in the bubble without fans, which, which happened without the officials being influenced by, by said fans, away games and all that, but they also did so without facing a fellow one or a two seed in the entire playoff run. And uh, and people can say, well, the Lakers earned their one seed. But I would also combat that by saying that's true. However, had we played, as you point out, there was a whole offseason. Had we played out 82 games, maybe the Lakers don't end up with the one seed. It was likely that they would have. I am being fair to that. But I just I, I appreciate LeBron's greatness. I think he's great. And somehow I find that every time I mention how great he is, I have to then somehow get into a side conversation about how I feel about Michael Jordan. And I don't think that's fair to anybody. Well, Jordan never would have let the one seed in the other conference lose before facing him <laughs> in the final. He just, especially in the bubble, if they were all in the bubble together, Jordan, there's no way he would have been at the games. He would have done something. He would have made sure that the best team, because he always wanted to play the best, always. He always wanted to beat the best. So he would have made sure that the one seed coming out of the West always would have always would have prevailed. What is interesting, and I want to close with this a little bit on LeBron and Jordan, is why is year 17 LeBron being compared to prime Jordan? So every mm. step of the way for LeBron, he's being compared to prime Jordan. Yes, I understand that they're the same age right now, but just two completely different careers, one that went through college and then one – and also took a two-year hiatus to step away from basketball and one that got bounced in the first round a few years and then had to work harder and harder and harder to get to the finals. But where were all these, like, they're, they're, 
LeBron was never the, I don't know if you can hear those sirens. It, it's New York is, it's sleepy these days, but there's still plenty of sirens. <laughs> no one it. is, no one is taking Kobe's career over Jordan's. Mm-hmm. Despite all the stylistic similarities, sure. you know, the goal is always to be compared to Jordan. And LeBron said, I was chasing, I'm chasing the, the ghost of Michael Jordan. Kobe mm-hmm. tried to be Jordan. But then there are all these next Jordans, Grant Hill and others. LeBron was, is and was Jordan magic combined. He, yes. He's at the same table as Jordan. They're, they're yeah. together as, in my opinion, the two greatest to ever play. When you have that conversation where Jordan always comes up or someone who just completely dismisses your LeBron argument – that's someone to me who doesn't even like the NBA anymore. So they're just going to just say Jordan, Jordan, Jordan. I don't know where I stand on it because I think it's, because I think it's that close, but I I was even looking at a few numbers today, just trying to come up with something. And, and, and here's, and here's where I fell today. Jordan shot 47% from two in his last finals and everybody all, only remembers the shot over Russell shot. Mm -hmm. LeBron is shooting 64% from two during these playoffs. One more time. So, so Jordan Uh, is shooting shot 47% from two and LeBron is shooting 64%. Mm. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. I, I, I will, I will say this. It's, it's absurd because I think the one thing that I can say in my, in my lifetime and seeing the two of them in their prime plus LeBron at this age, which I, I think the one thing you can say about LeBron is the only guy that you could make an argument for. And I don't even think you make the argument really when I, when I boil it down is, is Kareem in terms of the longevity and, and what he was able to do throughout I don't think we've never seen an athlete that has the sustained excellence of LeBron throughout his career. And now that that may speak to modern medicine, right? It it may speak to how we have learned as a society to improve health based upon not just the way you work out and not just the technology, but also just in terms of understanding food and how that impacts our body. I mean, nutrition information has changed so much in the last 20 years. But what LeBron's been able to do and the drive that he does it at, the one thing that I saw when he hit the four straight jumpers to close out that series, what struck me as so amazing is throughout his career, two things, there were two things that popped up in my mind, that throughout his career, it's talked about him not being able to close, right? That's that's the one thing that you could point to. And, And in part, because you'd say, if you could choose to do anything with LeBron, you don't want him to pick you apart with his passing. You don't want him to beat you in the post. You don't want him to beat you in transition. You don't want him to beat you on straight line drives. you got to let him shoot jumpers. It's the only way. So first of all, incredible that he makes four straight jumpers to close out. Like the guy's weakness, he turned around just like sort of the Jordan Shrug game. He doesn't shoot threes. Okay, well, he beat you with threes. Like <laughs> there's nothing you can do against that. And then the, the other part is just – you now have a feeling with LeBron that like no lead is is big enough 
and that there's nothing really that you can do, he's still going to find a way to snatch the game from you. And whatever that is, and he's going to do it on his terms. This time it was jumpers, but throughout the series, you talk about his, his field goal percentage from two, a lot of it just was by sheer force of will. You know what? At the beginning of his career, he cared. The guys worried about whether he would take the shot or pass it off. Now he's like, I don't care. I know my best play is if you single cover me, I'm attacking the hoop. So I'm going to attack the hoop and I'm going to get a bucket that way. And there's no one in the league right now, one-on-one, who can stop him. He's too strong, too quick, and he gets to the hole and finishes every single time. And so I just am blown away at the fact that he can snatch games away just like Jordan could. And then he takes his greatest weakness and he turns it into a positive to win a series and go to his 10th NBA final. I should have said Jordan shot 47% from two in his last playoffs, not just the finals, in the last playoffs. And LeBron is shooting 64% from two in these playoffs. So it's a bit of a more apt comparison, not just finals to playoffs, for the entire playoffs. Coming up, no more smiling faces with hidden agendas. No hidden agendas with rockauto.com, a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. If you go to rockauto.com, rockauto.com you can shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers maybe wherever that siren is headed right now well actually i hope it's nothing too bad but maybe it's a car that got banged up and now needs new parts they can just go to rockauto.com and have everything from taillights to new brakes to a new carpet RockAuto.com's catalog is so unique and remarkably easy to navigate, kind of like LeBron through the playoffs. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle, then choose the brands, your specifications, the prices you prefer, and always the same prices for everybody, professionals and guys like us. So go to RockAuto.com right now. You can see all the parts available for your car or truck, right? Locked on in there. How did you hear about us, Box? So that they know you sent us. Locked on, L-O-C-K-E-D space on locked on in there how did you hear about us box amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com one thing we don't need to worry about these days because we both know that there are plenty of things to worry about these days is ordering food doordash Mm -hmm. handles it if i want something marissa wants something else eden wants well whatever she's She gets what she gets, and she doesn't get upset. She gets what she gets, exactly. You get what you get, and you don't get upset. Remember her learning that in like three-year-old school, I think. You get what you get, and you don't get upset. Eating what they give you for snack, we have pretzels. And you get what you get, and you don't get upset. (laughs) But I'm allergic. (laughs) (laughs) Well, don't get upset when you go to the hospital. Continue to support restaurants in your community safely. And you can do that with thousands of restaurants all on. Yeah, they're unbelievable. DoorDash. DoorDash is amazing, is amazing. And we've been using it left and right. I know it's been invaluable in my house. So I love it. I love DoorDash. You can get from restaurants like Chipotle, Cheesecake Factory, Wendy's, or you can go to local favorites like Chipotle and Cheesecake Factory. And <laughs> Right now, our listeners can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter the code LOCKEDONNBA. $5 off 
no delivery fees and everything is is safe and contactless these days on your first order download the DoorDash app in the App Store enter the code locked on nba locked on nba $5 off your first order with DoorDash who's going to win the finals you got this an answer yet i i i think but don't tell me it's a great question because really it's the only question of course well of course and everyone's asking it right you you got that i <laughs> no before before i go into my how often do as as a guy that like your friend group and even people that are fringe friends, people you know on Facebook, because they know this is what you do and that you give opinions all day long on NBA stuff. How much do they hit you up um, like during a game or just during, like now that the finals are set? So now people are watching. They're like locked in what they're locked on, if you will. Like how often are you getting hit with the random like text like, oh, who you think like or more so offering their opinion? And they want you to know what they think is going to happen in the finals. How often does that happen to you? It's more the the first. It's more the, hey, what do you think of this? Not really offering their own opinions, mm. which I guess I'm I'm lucky for. Oh, yeah. I, I don't have to listen to all the opinions. Uh, but I do get asked a bunch. Not, usually not during games. Usually morning Usually morning after games. I yeah. Do. Well, I, and, I, and, I wonder. And given, given that you, you talk to 633 people a day, you get a lot of opinions. Yeah, yeah I get a, I get a lot of opinions. I, I I love you know people that like reach out with opinions that I already have, and then somehow put me in the like oh NBA Twitter is saying this, but some like and I know that's the stuff I can't deal with. Like yeah, I know. I'm if you listen to the podcast at all, we are anti NBA Twitter, so you can well, be hold sure. On, hold on, hold on, hold on. We we can say anti NBA Twitter, but then. We still allow ourselves to dip our toes in the water and and watch the waves crash over and but not participate nor throw anybody a life vest, which I'm happy to do, which I'm happy to do. Oh, absolutely. I, I, I'm, I'm a I'm a voyeur of NBA Twitter. I, I'm not going to deny that. I'm just saying, yeah, I'm not a a participant in the in the garbage section of the of NBA Twitter, but I. On this question, so here's here's what I think. You you hit it off the top about the Miami Heat and the and the culture that's set there, and you talked about it actually. You you planted the seed for me because you were the first person who talked about the mental focus that was going to be necessary to win a championship in the bubble. No one was talking about that. They were. All right, they so were, let's, were, let's let's rewind real quick on that. So before the bubble started, the things that we brought up were. You're going to have to manufacture your own motivation, mm-hmm. and the and that's exactly what Woj mentioned today on on this podcast with David Fisdale. I thought it was interesting. He was talking about manufacturing your own motivation. The same words we used when, when talking about the Miami Heat, and then also your Bellinelli, Bellinelli theory. He didn't say Bellinelli, but he was talking about the role players and Duncan Robinson, which you mentioned when the bubble yeah. when the bubble started about the about the role players and it all started with TJ Warren going all the way back. That was that was the first exactly. guy, the first Bill and Ellie guy of the bubble. And we said that be, because of these circumstances, Adam, that the the best team on paper may not win the finals. And the best team on paper may not get to the finals. And the best team on paper was the Clippers. And the team that was going to win the title was going to be the most mentally tough 
an emotionally tough team. Mm-hmm. And so now we've got the Miami Heat who define that and LeBron and the Lakers. Exactly. And and you look at this this Heat team, and this is why I'm I'm picking the Heat to win this thing. We had talked about it before, and I didn't pick them. I mean, as you as you said earlier, I mean, I, I still thought the Bucs were going to win it, but I thought the team, without looking at matchups, the team that could could be most disruptive was the Miami Heat because of Pat Riley and the organizational structure. And there's no one that brings a higher level of toughness. Anyone who has played for the Heat or anyone who has been around the Heat or training camps, you talk to NBA guys that their fitness tests, all the things the Heat do, that's just on a different level. And, and I listed it on Twitter. It's unbelievable when you think about Pat Riley's career, winning the titles with the Showtime Lakers. Then he turns around with the Knicks, gives them their best regular season record of all time, brings them to the finals, playing bad boys two, 2.0. Then goes to then he goes to Miami and wins the, they win the title with young Wade, old Shaq. They then bring in LeBron and Chris Bosch, the, the now that powerful big three, win a couple titles there. And now he's actually constructed a team that got to the finals again in this bubble circumstance. And and this is taking nothing away from Eric Spo Spolstra, but I but he's been incredible. And again, I think a guy that has grown so much as a head coach. And also, my opinion of him is is just I could not I could not think higher of of how he the coaching job he has done because he's a part of it. He started as a video guy, worked all worked all the way up and everything. But I just think mentally, this team is so tough, Noah. And the X factor for me is Bam. Because I think you look at the Lakers and where they're best is they get the ball to AD. If LeBron is not getting a guy one-on-one, you set up a wall, whatever. They love to get the ball to AD in like the mid post, let him operate. And the moment you bring a double, boom, it's off to LeBron. It's off to Rondo. And they move the ball really well. That's exactly what they want to do. They don't have great shooters, but they move the ball so well. But you have to double AD or he will kill you. The Heat don't have to double AD. Bam can play him straight up on the perimeter and in the post. That doesn't mean he can stop him or shut him down or even slow him down immensely. But they can play Bam on AD. And I think just allowing them to be able to go with single coverage on Anthony Davis will make a huge difference in this series. And I think that's what gives them a chance. So I'm picking the Heat to win this thing. Wow. I think it's going to be a... Seven, I think it's going to be a seven-game series. I think the mm. Lakers win. I think the Lakers win in seven because I'm not going to bet against LeBron. Right. From, I, I, I like what the Heat bring more, but I'm not going to bet against LeBron and AD when, when they have the two best players in the series. I'm not, sometimes it could be, well, they've got the best player, but they've got the two best players. But I think, though, for the Lakers to win, it's a got-to-play-fast situation. If, it, if a series goes seven, then it's really anybody could win. So there's no patting yourself on the back. Here's why I thought. I just – LeBron and AD are going to win this series, but they have to play fast. They have to because if they end up in the half court and Miami is able to employ some zone techniques and mix things up on mm-hmm. defense – the three point shooting isn't good enough, but if you can play fast and then allow, not allow the heat to be able to set up that way, 
then you can do it. I mean, the Lakers are shooting 32% from the floor, 32% from three during the, during the playoffs. That's 14th out of 16th teams in the playoffs. Only the Sixers and Blazers were worse. And if the Heat then set up that zone, you know, I mean, I can go back to thinking what my dad used to say when, when, you know, when we we're little kids, well, you got to move the, you have, you got to move the ball quickly, which the Lakers can mm-hmm. do. And you find the soft spot with a guy in the middle. And if you can put LeBron there as the playmaker right in the middle of the zone or AD doing the same thing, mm-hmm. then I think you can have success also, but they've got to play fast and you, you cannot let the heat set up that way. And, and here's the thing for the heat on the, on the flip side of all that. I totally agree with you. The one thing that the the Lakers have been able to take advantage of with everybody is to use their size and get themselves offensive boards. And that has been just a huge advantage for them. And the fact that they can trot out all those bigs and also just have LeBron go in and cause problems. I mean, the amount of times he goes in and misses and then tips in something, gets his own rebound on his own misses – I mean, he's just a force of nature. I mean, guys almost get caught watching him when he's attacking attacking the rim. So you have him attacking, but you also have just the Lakers attacking the offensive boards, and they're so good at coming up with offensive rebounds that if you're playing a zone, which is another thing that the league hasn't seen much of, but meanwhile, obviously, the, the Heat have done it a ton. We're seeing a ton of zone this playoffs. But one of the things that's happened, I mean, the Heat have done it more than that's been recorded uh, statistically in, in recent memory. But the one thing about it is if you play zone, you can be susceptible to offensive boards. So it's going to be very difficult for them to do that because you have to find a guy to go box out. It's not just your own man that you're then checking out of the lane. So it's going to be really interesting to see if the Heat can do all that. And and I don't expect Bam offensively to play at the level that he's played at. They're going to certainly try to limit limit Bam. Jimmy Butler is going to have to be huge. And I really like the Heat's backcourt uh, against the Lakers' backcourt. But, man, you're right. LeBron James, Anthony Davis, like, it would take a lot for them not to win this series by themselves. I want to talk about Doc. And I also want to read you the start of a column in the Palm Beach Post from January 31st, 2019, which seems like it was a decade ago. But here's how it started. With bad contracts, limited assets, he'd have no chance to jump into the Anthony Davis sweepstakes. When can the rebuilding start? That was the headline in the calm in the Palm Beach Post. Give you a little bit more of that in a moment. Here's how the calm started. Tom D'Angelo, longtime columnist, Palm Beach Post, January 31st, 2019. So what? what is that was what? Uh, Less than a year ago? It's, it's like uh, 20 months ago. If you're oh, in maybe, you know, uh, infant, infant wait, age. What am I talking about less than a year ago? Like a year and a half ago? Great. All right. Here's, here's, the, here's the lead. Anthony Davis is not walking through the doors at 601 Biscayne Boulevard anytime soon. At least not through the employee's entrance. Well, he actually would have been walking through the visitor's entrance for the NBA Finals. Just as Jimmy Butler... Paul George or Kristaps Porzingis, traded Thursday by the Knicks to the Mavericks, will never experience running through the tunnel and onto the floor at American Airlines Arena through Championship Alley. Wow. That's so good. But Jimmy Butler still technically has not 
run exactly championship alley on the floor at american airlines arena he hasn't that's so good yeah in the finals but he's but he did it during the season so it got me thinking that in 2014 and, and when i mentioned before about no more smiling faces and hidden agendas was what Pat Riley talked about the exit during his exit mm-hmm. interview with the press in April of 2015, the, the second full off season without LeBron. Yep. And, and that dynamic is awesome. The heat in the t- 2014, they go to the finals and, and lose to the Spurs and lose the best player in the world in LeBron. Then they miss the playoffs every other year since. In 2016, they lost. That was the year that Bosch's career ended, and they had Dragic, Dang, Wade. They lost by 27 in Game 7 in Toronto in the Eastern Conference semis. Mm-hmm. That, was, that was the 30-11 fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. And now they're in the NBA Finals. That's how wacky 2020 is and how wacky the bubble is. <laughs> so you lose, you lose the best player in the world six years ago after being in the NBA Finals and the columns. And then they had, then they signed, they signed Deion Waiters to like 12 million. James Johnson got like 15. Tyler Johnson got 20. Whiteside got 25. Pat Riley had a year that like you would have thought it was like Pat Riley had a stroke. Or someone took over his body and started hitting return and send on emails that weren't Pat Riley's. <laughs> it's so good. Then they drafted, so right? They drafted, yep. right? And here they are. Here they are. I mean, every time that this this Heat team, you look at we we talk all the time about roster construction, Noah. And I think the two things you have to think about when you look at this this particular Heat team and this roster. First of all, um, it's remarkable when you look at the starters, Goran Dragic, second-round pick. Uh, Jay Crowder and Jimmy Butler, both were Juco kids that went to, to Marquette. Neither one high draft picks, right? Duncan Robinson, undrafted, developed player. Uh, Bam... Everyone wants to talk about now, again, Bam, top five player in the NBA. I'm hearing now all these things. Bam was 14th overall. It wasn't like Bam was a, a surefire guy out of, in 2017 in the NBA draft when it was loaded. Everyone was talking about the, the top-heavy part of that draft with um, with Ball and, and Markel Fultz. And, it's, you know, and, and Bam's development has just been crazy. So they develop players. They have a culture. Um, but you're right. There's been a lot. I, I think – the the other like it's almost like there's this this roster construction they've done such a wonderful job of guys know their roles they're willing to if a guy is special at a certain skill they're willing to highlight that they've always done that well and you see that with Duncan Robinson for example and obviously Jimmy Butler has fit into this culture so perfectly but the other thing is something that you've already touched upon Noah and I still don't think people are talking about enough and that is this idea that we have to consider the bubble not just its own thing because it's a bubble and it's in Orlando and people have to be mentally strong, but also because of that whole off season that you discuss that this isn't the 1920 NBA season. This is the 2020 bubble NBA season. And only a certain number of teams were even able to participate and play those eight games. We saw how different the Suns looked because, because of it. 
it's a new team coming back. Who put in the work in the quote-unquote offseason, right? Who who were the players that developed? Who were the players that got older and developed and got a little more mature? You see guys like Tyler Hero, who doesn't feel like this young player, obviously, anymore. So all these things have sort of have sort of come together. And I think that has to be taken into account. It's just how much this season is different. And, and the one thing that I can say that exemplifies that greater than all others is that somebody reached out to me on Twitter yesterday and said, I was talking about that whole Bam AD dynamic and that matchup. And they said, oh, yeah, well, Anthony Davis scored a bunch of points and the Lakers won both games during the regular season. Both those games, Noah, were in 2019. Like all bets are off now. Like you can't look at anything that happened in those matchups. You can't. One was in November. One was in December. You can't look at those games and think that you could somehow glean some type of information. And even look at the Lakers, for instance. This team, again, without Avery Bradley, is entirely different than the Lakers that were playing at a very high level in their own right. But it's a very different team than than was taking place. Even the trust in Frank Vogel, I think, is much different than it was pre-pause in the action. Yeah, I mean, think about it. I mean, Tyler Hero went through puberty. Jimmy Butler got a Michelob Ultra deal. <laughs> Miles Myers Leonard was pounding Bud Lights. I mean, that feels like that where Coors Light, whatever he was drinking. Yeah. He that, used to play. That feels like Myers Leonard used to actually get minutes. Playing. Yeah, he used to get minutes. <laughs> Coming up on so Thursday, Danny Shays will join us mm. and talk about the Lakers. Spent handful of games to the Lakers, I think 13, but it was when Magic Johnson was the head coach. We'll get stories. Quickly, though, on Doc, I'm not surprised Doc Rivers was fired. And Doc Rivers blew a 3-1 lead when he had the best team on paper, period. And he's done it multiple times before. My question is now, Will Doc be considered a retread head coach, given that he has, if someone else signs mm-hmm. him, like, oh, will, will we hear uh, a retread like we've heard before with so many coaches? And you even hear it with Mike D'Antoni. Like, you heard it with Frank Vogel, that's for sure. And now Frank Vogel's in the NBA Finals. So will we hear that with Doc, who is a sub-500 playoff record with Orlando and the Clippers? Of course, over 500 successful time with with the Celtics and that 2008 championship. Somehow, all those Celtics make that feel like that counted for five rings instead of just one. (laughs) But Doc has coached three teams. Will he be considered a retread head coach? That's the conversation I want to see if that ends up forming. I, I will say this, Noah. No. I don't think there's going to, I don't think, and I challenge any of our listeners to send us a tweet, to reach out on Instagram. Actually better, better yet. If you're going to do it, reach out on Apple podcasts. And when you, when you write a review, just leave this comment, whatever Adam is asking for, do it that way. Yeah. What I'm asking is that go on Apple podcasts, write a review, give us the five stars. You love the podcast. And here is where you saw someone call Doc Rivers a retread head coach because I guarantee you're not seeing it. So 
you know, give us the review anyway. I, I make sure you do that. Because now I'm telling people to give us something that's, that's not going to be out there, Noah. But I do challenge them to say, or or just or just give us a review and say, oh, hey, guys, I looked everywhere, everywhere, and couldn't find in the same article, in the same interview, anyone say Doc Rivers or Retread. So you're not going to see that anywhere. I, I'm conflicted with it, Noah. I will say, because I just, I just my, my two cents on Doc Rivers, because I think he's a great head coach. I do think you? he's, a, I do. I think he's okay. a great motivator. I think he's a great motivator of guys. And it's so weird because that runs so counter to everything that we've, we've seen in some of these collapses. But I do, but I will say this, there's, there was something missing with this team. Severely missing. I don't know what it was. And you sort of felt it. I don't even want to say all season, but you, you felt it before the pause. Once we got back and it was the bubble, you still felt it was something sort of strange. I felt like they sort of cruised and obviously gave up those huge leads. I still am disappointed that we're never going to get that Clippers-Lakers matchup. If we're going to blame anybody for the Lakers not playing a one or a two seed, um, you know, I'm, I'm disappointed that, uh, that that we didn't see the Clippers-Lakers in the Western Conference Finals. But the But the other thing is Larry Bird once said that any head coach should be gone after three years because guys get so sick of hearing the same voice over and over again. Obviously, Greg Popovich could be the greatest exception to that rule of all time. But, but I do wonder around for longer than three years to hear the same voice. Well, yeah, exactly. He only heard that voice. You know, he heard it for a few months and then got four months off and then he heard it again. And 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 then the other thing is like, who do you? I, my other thing is you talk about great coaches. Like, who do you get that's that's going to do better with this group? Than Doc Rivers, and and I think that's that's always the other question that you have to ask yourself. And now, I don't Balmer know that there's going to be another well, coach. Is Balmer going to then say to Kawhi, "It's up to you. We want you to stick around. Those guys only have a year left. We want you to stick around. It's up to you. You want Uncle Dennis? Maybe it's Uncle Dennis. But either way, I do know that Michael Jordan never would have let the Clippers lose." To the Denver Nuggets, <laughs> up three one, never would have happened. Everything else on the Locked On Podcast Network is all good. Locked On NBA five days a week. Locked On Fantasy Hoops with Josh Lloyd and Hollinger and Duncan, plus your team every single day. All thirty teams here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Once again, Danny Shays comes your way on Thursday. Adams on Twitter at Naismith Lives. I'm at Noah Kozlov, C-O-S-L-O-V. We are at rejecting underscore the underscore screen on Instagram. Adam, mm-hmm. thanks, pal. You are the best.